0: Just a couple of weeks ago, Florida's governor, Mr. Ron DeSantis, signed a bill that revoked Disney's special district status in his state. Why did Florida grant this special district status? Did Walt ask for it? Is, was it necessary?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, everyone assumes that Disney World is what Walt wanted. And that's not the case. It's not. No. Uh, Walt had become fascinated with city planning late in his life, and he uh, read a a number of books on city planning, and he became fascinated with the idea of creating a city, uh, a city of the future where people would live and work and go to school and, you know, kind of a utopian, if you will, uh, situation.
0: Did you know that as far as special districts go, the special district of Disney World in Florida is extremely special, or should I say, was extremely special. In fact, it was so special that it could even build its own nuclear power plant. Hey there, news peelers. Today is May 13th, 2022. And this is Adele, the host of the peel.news podcast. Once a week, I have the pleasure of speaking with distinguished professors and critically acclaimed authors who help us better understand our news and current events by providing some perspective from our past. We call this Peel into History Behind News. Sometimes we find humor in what they share. Sometimes it's a shocker. And sometimes they reveal a past that's offensive. Regardless of what they share, we're always the better for learning from our intellectual and engaging conversations with them. So the Dot news is not for everyone. If you want headline news, well, you know where to get that. But if you want to explore how we got here, if you want to journey, into what happened before these developments showed up as news on our TV and device screens. Then grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and let's get into it. Well, I'm here to tell you about a rare case in which Republicans attack a big corporation and Democrats defend it. It's usually the other way around, right? led by Governor DeSantis, Florida Senate voted 23 to 16 and Florida State House voted 70 to 38 to revoke the special district status that had allowed the Walt Disney Company to effectively self-govern the Orlando-based geographic area that encompassed Disney World theme parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and the Animal Kingdom, and the hotels and resorts and golf courses around there. Governor DeSantis pushed for this bill in retaliation for Disney's criticism of Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, which is formerly known as Florida's Parental Rights in Education. While we won't get into the politics of this rift between DeSantis and Disney, we are interested in peeling the history behind special districts. What are they? How all-encompassing can these districts get? And how prevalent are they in our country? I'm also interested in the history of Florida's politics. Has Florida traditionally been a Republican state? Equally intriguing is the formidable power that Governor DeSantis seems to wield in Florida politics. Is this typical of Florida's former governors, or is it a new phenomenon? To learn more about all of this, I spoke with Professor James Clark, who lives in Orlando. He's an award-winning journalist and a history lecturer at the University of Central Florida. He is the author of nine books, including Hidden History of Florida, A Concise History of Florida, Orlando, Florida, A Brief History, and Presidents in Florida. A link to Professor Clark's homepage is provided in the detailed caption of this episode. So stay with me as Professor Clark and I peel the history behind this news.
2: The Peel.News is available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Of course, we love your reviews and ratings of our podcast, especially on Apple and Spotify. And don't keep us to yourself. Tell a friend about the Peel.News podcast.
0: Professor Clark, it is such a pleasure to have you on our program. Thank you for taking the time for this conversation with me. Before we get into the specific case of Disney World in Florida, let's get some basics out of the way. (laughs) What are special districts?
1: Uh, They allow uh, groups of people or companies uh, the right to uh, put a special tax on themselves in effect uh every state has special districts um some states like new jersey has just two special districts just two Uh, okay florida has about 1800 uh texas has about 1600 illinois i think has about 2000 so it just depends the the fact is if you and your neighbors wanted to get together and uh pass a special district you would uh go down to the to the county government or the state government and uh ask them to create it and it might be to repave the road in front of your houses and so you would tax yourself in addition to the regular property tax you paid when you say tax yourself is this uh
0: specific geographic area within a city? Like, let's say, can all of a sudden uh, an area within Brooklyn say we want to become a special district within the city of New York? Or does that special district itself become a city?
1: No, it does not. Uh, There are uh, special districts which are are very small. Uh, You could just have one that's a square block if you wanted to. There are no size requirements and all it would be would be to tax yourselves so that maybe the millage in your uh, uh, county is five mills, let's say. but you, you and your neighbors want to do something special. Uh, so you'd add maybe a two mill tax mm-hmm. and that would go to the purpose you had set out. So instead of a, of a five mill tax, you'd have a seven mill tax.
0: Why would anyone in their right mind want to increase their taxes, Professor Clark?
1: Because you might want something special. You might want extra security for your neighborhood. You might want a gate for your neighborhood, uh, which could cost thousands of dollars. And you don't want to pay for it by yourself. Uh, you don't want to hire the security guard by yourself. So you and your neighbors would get together and uh, and form this. Uh, special district, um, and for residents, it's much like a homeowner's association, except that it's funneled through the taxes and you have to pay them.
0: How prevalent are they in our country? You, you, named, you named three states, uh, four states, Texas, Illinois, uh, um, Florida, uh, and I think New Jersey is it prevalent in other states as well?
1: Yeah. uh, uh, California has a lot, uh, your home state. Uh, In fact, uh, you know, it's really strange. A lot of times people live in a special district without knowing it. Uh, You may have moved in.
0: (laughs) Makes me think, am I living
1: in a special district? (laughs) You might be. You might be that years ago, uh, your neighbors got together and and, uh, created a special taxing district or the city did it or the county did it or whatever for a specific purpose. Um, maybe it was to improve the neighborhood. Maybe it was to plant trees or, or roses or or whatever. It can be virtually for any purpose. Uh, and so we have residential neighborhoods here where people move in and don't know they're moving into a special taxing district.
0: So at some point, the older residents, if you will, voted for that district to become a special district, right? Right. That that must have happened. Um, So the district in turn, that special district in turn, has certain responsibilities towards its residents. Yes. Yes. so there's still an elected government and there's still, uh, you know, a council, a board and all that.
1: Not necessarily. There might be uh, a board uh, in the in the special district to make sure the money is spent on what it's uh, intended for. Um, and we've had cases where somebody's run off with the special district tax money. Uh, but generally speaking, it's designed to either serve a special purpose or pay off bonds. Maybe uh, the people in your neighborhood years ago uh, decided to uh, build a new road. And to do it, they floated uh, $10 million in bonds for this special district. And now you're paying off the $10 million in bonds for a road that might have been built 20 years ago.
0: So the way you were explaining it, Professor Clark, special district can actually be special, quote unquote, with a very, very narrow purpose. So everything, let's say you were saying earlier that a block could be a special district. So yes. let's say a thousand people live in that large block. Everything's the same, except a special district designation for, I'll use your example, a gate or a security sort of system or something like that. Right. Right.
1: right.
0: So when you say special district is not this all encompassing sort of, no, uh, yeah,
1: it, it might be a mall, uh, maybe a mall near your home, uh, wanted to do something and they wanted to float bonds to do it. And so they set, set up a special district and, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is you might, in a given day, go to five or six special districts uh, without even knowing it. They're everywhere.
0: And just to make sure that I, I get this, when you designate something as a special district, is a geographic designation, right? Because you can, you can, you can a mall, for example, could float bonds, as in you know corporate bonds, uh, you know. But when you say special district, you're actually creating a geography for it, right? Right. I see. Uh, Why don't we take a short break and then talk about the history of special districts and the case of a special district, Disney World. We'll be right back. Great. Now that abortion is on the news, did you know that abortion and censorship have a common thread in our history? That's right. Comstock laws were enacted in the 1870s, just a few years after the Civil War and they prohibited the distribution of several categories of materials, including information about abortion, mail was monitored, bookstores were patrolled, and publishing houses were raided. Sadly, the Comstock Act is still law on our federal books. It has never been repealed. In Season 2, Episode 15, I had the pleasure of speaking with Professor Brett Gary on NYU about this history, And also about his recent book titled dirty works which just received the gold prize for books related to us history at the 2022 independent publishers book awards congratulations to professor gary click the link in the detailed caption of this episode and listen to my talk with professor gary i'm sure you'll find some of the history he tells pretty shocking now let's get back to our fascinating conversation with professor clark And by the way, keep on listening after I do my usual closing remarks because Professor Clark squeezes in a surprise for us at the very end. It's a story about a moment in our history that all of our parents and grandparents never forget. Professor Clark When did the granting of special districts start? Like, does it go back to our founding era, (laughs) colonial
1: era? Uh, uh, In some cases, it goes back decades. Uh, In Florida, um, it goes back to the 1980s. So a fairly uh, recent uh, development. Uh, But in some states, uh, uh, it's gone back uh, even further. But generally speaking, uh, it does not go back to the founding fathers. Uh, It is a uh, 20th century uh, development uh, created by people who wanted to uh, accomplish a a specific purpose. In Florida, the best known uh, special taxing district is the Villages, which is a huge, sprawling retirement community with tens of thousands. Of residents, and it's a special taxing district. So the developers built the roads, they built the sewers, they created the infrastructure by borrowing bonds, and uh, and now the residents are paying off those bonds through the special district.
0: So in Florida is really the elderly communities that are sort of the prevail or the the more prevalent special district designations. Is that the case?
1: Yeah, I think uh, more upscale, more established uh, uh, areas that have voted themselves uh, higher taxes. Uh, And uh, often these taxes can, in effect, double your property taxes depending on what they are used for.
0: The way you're describing it, whether it's a corporate setting such as a mall or, or higher end residential setting, it seems like special districts don't really, we, don't re- we won't really find them in uh, sort of impoverished neighborhoods. Am I making, am, is this too much of a generalization?
1: It's not too much of a generalization, although there are uh, a number of them that have been set up, some for redevelopment. Uh, if you wanted to go into uh, uh, an area that was uh, uh, not very uh, not very nice, I guess to put it that way, and you wanted to redevelop it, uh, you might create a special taxing district, and that often happens. But uh, usually, the goal but if is, the
0: residents can't afford it, they're poor residents. How how, how will that fly?
1: Yeah, uh, the goal usually is not to help the current residents. It's to uh, build a $20 million condo and, uh, <laughs> and uh, push the uh, current residents out.
0: Oh, so it's kind of like for gentrification and, and redevelopment of...
1: Oh, yes, to a great extent, yes.
0: I see. That happens a lot in older cities, for example, in Manhattan. That's happened a lot in the last 20, 30 years.
1: Yeah, you um, look at Brooklyn, places like that. Uh, you're absolutely right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, how special is the special district of Disney World in Florida?
1: It is extremely special. <laughs>
0: in in what fact, sense?
1: In fact, it it is a city, it's a government unto itself.
0: Which is different uh, than everything that you explained before. Yes,
1: yes. It is not a special taxing district, although it does tax itself. Uh it is uh an all powerful or was an all powerful city uh, with the right to issue building permits uh, to, uh, you know, uh, have its own fire department, its own utilities. They have their own utilities out there. Um, uh, And when it was set up, the provision uh, was that they can build their own nuclear power plant (laughs) and their own airport.
0: Oh, boy. Well, I know they don't have their own airport. Um, I've flown there um, to Orlando, but so it's a city. It's not even like a, you know, it, it it's, it's different than the prior examples that you shared with me. Uh, it's not a neighborhood. It's not just a zone. It's a city.
1: It uh, It's actually two cities, Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista. And they have these taxing powers and they have residents, believe it or not. They have about 50 residents between them, all of whom are either Disney employees or retired Disney employees. And so they have regular meetings uh, to discuss things, although clearly they take their instructions from from Disney, Uh, but there is a government out there.
0: Speaking of residents, could I reside there? Could I just pack up and move there?
1: No. No, uh, you cannot live there. Disney controls all the land. And in fact, years ago, they created a residential neighborhood named Celebration, uh, which is a very nice neighborhood, and then de-annexed it. That is, pushed it out of yeah. Disney's 27,000 acres. So they they do not want you <laughs> <laughs> living in their neighborhood. Um
0: I, I'm just uh, I'm baffled at uh, why this is all necessary. Because during a break, you and I talked about another Disney property that I'm familiar with, um, Disneyland. Uh, does does Disneyland have a special? No,
1: and <laughs> in fact, that's the reason there. Uh, that's the reason Disney is Disney World in Florida is like it is. Um, you know, it's you look at Disney today, which is a you know, huge multi-billion dollar company. But back in the 1950s, when Walt first dreamed up Disneyland, he w- didn't have much money. In fact, they had to borrow everything. They, they mortgaged everything. They went to ABC, which they now own, and borrowed money <laughs> from them uh, with the understanding that ABC would own their television show, The Wonderful World of Disney. And even with the loan money, they can only afford about two hundred acres. And if you've been to Disneyland, you know that the area around there uh, can be kind of tacky, uh, yeah, all kinds yeah, yeah. of, you know. Although it looks
0: a, it looks a lot nicer now, but still, you're right. Uh,
1: In the early days, well, I think the land has become so valuable you can't have. Much tackiness there, but and it drove Walt crazy, you know. And uh, during the uh, when they were dreaming of Disney World, uh, uh, Walt's brother Roy would, who was the business guy, would say, Walt, why are you buying 27,000 acres? And Walt's response every time was, Don't you wish we'd bought 27,000 acres in Anaheim? uh and of course they didn't have the money yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but oh you so, were saying why why are you buying twenty seven thousand acres in florida right yeah yeah okay okay yeah
1: because you know uh walt hated it you know and on some of the rides uh you used to be able to and i don't know i haven't been there in a long time <laughs> but especially they had a sky ride and you could kind of see you know the local mcdonald's or something from yeah, your yeah. From your ride outside the park. Um, and so it just drove Walt crazy.
0: So you said Walt, um, Mr. Disney bought 27,000 acres in Florida. And I know uh, I've, I've, I've read the history and watched documentaries about sort of the secrecy that was going on. He didn't want the prices to shoot up because now everyone knows Disney's buying property. Why did Florida grant this special district status? Did Walt ask for it? Is Was it
1: necessary? Yeah. Um, first of all, everyone assumes that Disney World is what Walt wanted. And that's not the case. It's not? No. Uh, Walt had become fascinated with city planning late in his life. And he... Uh, Read a, a number of books on city planning, and he became fascinated with the idea of creating a city, uh, a city of the future. And uh, he looked at a number of places for this. And uh, then he died uh, at the end of uh, 1966. And uh, that was the reason he wanted the nuclear power plant, he wanted the airport. They were all going to serve the city where people would live and work and go to school and, you know, kind of a utopian, if you will, yeah, yeah. Uh, situation. After he died at the end of 1966, um, his brother Roy said, enough of this city of the future stuff. We're going to build a theme park. Uh, and in fact, in a, in a brutal meeting, one of the Disney executives said, Roy, what about Walt's dream of a city of the future? And Roy snapped at him and said, Walt's dead. And <laughs> with him went the, uh, the city of the future. So uh, what they wanted was the rights of a city, zoning, uh, utilities, uh, build roads, build houses, build whatever they, they wanted. So that was what they wanted. And they were determined to get it. Uh, Roy led the effort to to, uh, accomplish this. And remember, Disney sprawls over two counties. uh, And they didn't want to answer to two counties. They didn't want to answer to a whole slew of politicians. And remember, much of what they were doing out there was new. Uh, For example, building a monorail. You know what county government has monorail inspectors? <laughs> um, what you know? So uh, uh, you know, does the county government uh, where you live have an, a zoning inspector who can uh, certify the Tower of Terror? Or uh- oh yeah,
0: we do. All <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, we don't. But
1: this is amazing. As you're describing it,
0: all these alarm bells are going off in my head. Had he, had he been. Roy in this case been forced to negotiate and contend with county regulators in this case two counties that would have been stuck in bureaucracy
1: forever it would have been and that was his concern and they had they looked at a number of other sites uh they looked at uh in Florida uh uh, they looked at Palm Beach not the island but West Palm Beach Uh and uh uh MacArthur you're familiar with the MacArthur Genius Awards. Okay, um, yeah. M- MacArthur uh, uh, owned thousands of acres and was willing to sell Walt 3,000 acres, but Walt wanted more than that, and uh, MacArthur didn't want to sell more than that. Uh, they looked at Niagara Falls, which back then was, of course, the big tourist place. Yeah. Uh, they looked outside New York City. They looked outside Washington, D.C., and but the north uh,
0: wouldn't work. The winters would just shut it down.
1: Well, remember though, it was it was unclear what they wanted to build. If it was a city, oh, it would have,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, it yeah, would, yeah,
1: it might have worked there. So uh, again, if Walt had lived, we have no idea. Generally speaking, people have compared Walt's dream to Epcot uh-huh. uh, rather than Disney yeah. World. So, um, so, so Roy push for this legislation. And, uh, you know, this was an amazing thing for the Florida economy Um, and the state Senate voted unanimously for it. Uh, The state house voted almost unanimously. There were a couple of no votes from South Florida, Miami, which uh, (laughs) uh, was very parochial, but um, back then, back then yes yeah, they yeah. seem to be doing okay now yeah um so and for uh, half a century uh this has worked pretty well
0: a question for you uh professor clark i hear i hear this 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 uh, claim all the time how uh, good disney is for um uh, florida's economy um if i drive north in California, Disney doesn't have much impact in Northern California, except now people work with Pixar and all these animation and stuff. There's that. But they can do that from Arizona too, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, work we'll, sure. we'll okay. remotely. So yeah. uh, Disney World being sort of in the northern half, middle, north of the middle of Florida, does it really impact the big population down south in you know Miami Dade County?
1: Yeah, it really does. Um uh- First of all, before Disney, people came to Florida, and they did surveys, and they'd say, "Where are you going? Uh, What are you going to do?" And eighty percent of the people said, "I'm going to Florida," Um, and they might drive down, they might stop without any reason to get warm and uh, go to the beach. But they there was no destination, if you will. I see. Um, You know, for example. there was a big tree called uh, the Senator outside of Orlando, and uh, it was a couple hundred years old. It was huge, <laughs> and at one point, it was one of the top ten tourist destinations in Florida. This tree,
0: <laughs> a tree, they should come out to California and see yeah. uh, our our oka uh, forest here.
1: Yeah, and so, you said
0: was was that is that tree cut down now?
1: I burned down. Sorry to hear
0: that.
1: Yeah. uh, But it had long faded from the the list of top attractions. So people didn't, people would stop at roadside attractions and go by and they'd see a gas station and they'd have a sign out, see the alligator come inside. (laughs) I've actually done that in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Well then, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yes. You know, exactly uh, what I'm talking about. And they had kind of mom and pop attractions. But nobody left New York to drive to Florida and said, Well, I want to go to one of these roadside gas stations uh, and see an alligator. Um, so Disney uh, became a destination. Plus, remember, after Disney, SeaWorld comes, Universal comes, all the convention center comes. Of course, all yeah, of these yeah. things come to Florida. And, uh, and of course, Miami now has uh, really established itself as, a, especially Miami Beach, as kind of almost an exclusive home for the wealthy. But remember, at, during the 70s, there were areas of Miami Beach you would not want to have lived in. Uh, I've heard
0: it. I'm not old enough to have seen it, but I've yes, heard that. South yeah. Beach. Yeah.
1: Uh, boarded up stores, things like that. So um, Disney really. Uh, made Florida an attraction. You, you find uh, uh, very few people uh, whose kids aren't bugging them to go to Disney World.
0: Hey, my uh, daughter bugs me still to go there. to Disneyland here.
1: It's a rite um, of passage almost.
0: It, it really is. Uh, we'll be back after a short break to talk about Florida, its history, and its politics. We'll be back.
2: We hope you are enjoying this podcast, and if you are, then why not treat us to a cup of coffee? That's right. For the price of a cup of coffee, you too can become a monthly supporter of the Peel.News podcast. We rely on your support to continue this program, to continue peeling the history behind our news. Supporting us is easy. Just click the support link in the detailed caption of this episode. And while you're there, check out the information about our guests and other attributions and links. And thank you.
0: Professor Clark, has Florida traditionally been a Republican state?
1: No, in fact, uh, it's been a uh, what people call a, a purple state. It's uh, a purple bounced state. back and forth uh, between Republicans and Democrats, between red and blue. Um, the uh, To give you an idea, Governor DeSantis, uh, two years ago, in winning the governorship, just um, I'm sorry, four years ago, just got uh, by with a, a 32,000 vote margin out of millions cast it Wow that's nice. slim uh, same thing with Rick Scott the senator from Florida who had a similar margin so it's been that close what um, what happened though two years ago that that really impacted the state was the Hispanic vote in South Florida which had traditionally been Democratic and then in overwhelming numbers, went for the Republicans, um, largely because of President Obama. He had made overtures to Cuba, as you know, yeah, and opened yeah, up yeah. travel to Cuba. And uh, the thinking was that a younger generation of Cubans would not be as angry about the situation in Cuba. What uh, the Democrats found out is, yeah, they are just as angry, <laughs> if not more angry than they're Parents and grandparents and great grandparents, um, and so while Trump lost in a number of states uh, that he carried um, four years earlier—Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, etc.—Florida was his biggest uh, state. He actually increased his margin more than in any other state in the country, um, and uh, the result was that two safe. <laughs> Democratic representatives in South Florida were swept from office. So, um, suddenly, Florida has gone from uh, a state that went for Obama uh, in 2012 to uh, a state that the Republicans uh, now consider Republican territory.
0: The elderly communities that are uh, flourishing in florida we talked about we, we talked about them in the context of uh, special districts are our residents of those districts those communities uh, mostly conservative particularly uh, conservatism sometimes comes you know along with age as a young person you're a democrat <laughs> you make money you become a republican uh, is that a factor
1: yes it, it definitely is these are retirees for the most part, living on fixed income. So they they look for a predictability, if you will, uh, in uh, in the financial situation. But also, there's kind of a "been there, done that" attitude. These are people who what do you mean who paid school property taxes, <laughs> mm-hmm. who who uh, who paid uh, road taxes, uh, who paid all these things. And now they come to Florida and, they, you know, hey, wait a minute. I already paid school taxes for my kids. Uh, I've already done that. And so um, except for libraries, Floridians love libraries. Uh, there's That's a, a good thing. It is a great thing. There's a reluctance to pass uh, needed tax increases. Uh, we have no uh, 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 income tax in Florida by constitutional amendment. Uh, And so um, the state depends on property taxes. It depends on sales taxes, gasoline taxes, things like that. And that's not going to change. So um, we don't have, even though we're in a tremendously prosperous period, Florida is booming. uh, We don't have the uh, tax structure to get done many of the things that need to be done.
0: Um, you just gave me a thought as you were uh, explaining, uh, sort of the been there, done that, uh, uh, attitude of elderly Floridians. Do they also, uh, create special districts in which there are no schools? They say, okay, we're all elderly. We have an elderly community. We're going to create a special district where there are no schools or sort of, or or, or or burdens and encumbrances that us elderly floridians don't need to have
1: yeah and such a thing of course Disney has no schools uh it doesn't have any yeah. of, it doesn't have any libraries yeah uh, doesn't have what normal cities do the villages uh again uh,
0: the elderly villages right
1: yes it's a yeah. retirement community retirement uh, and in, in fact it's the fastest growing uh, city in the country now. Um, and, uh, amazingly, it has a daily newspaper, uh, just serving the villages. And unlike other newspapers, its circulation is growing.
0: Oh, wow. Because Wall Street Journal and New York Times are envious.
1: Yes. Uh, they like to read newspapers there. Um, so it's, uh, uh, they do not have the burdens that other places do. However, they have different burdens. They are paying uh, for the infrastructure that the developers built. So for years to come, uh, they will be paying for that in addition to county taxes. So again, if if the county taxes where they live are four mills, they might be paying two or three or four extra mills uh, to pay for their own infrastructure for their own security for a host of services
0: but it, again that all of those expenses are sort of planned especially for their desires and needs yes more, more so than had they lived in just a general sort of zoned area, zoned area in a county right right um going back to politics um you, you mentioned uh, how uh, Florida was uh, Mr. Trump's biggest win, you know, biggest state. Is his presence there now impacting politics at all?
1: Not really. Uh, no? you, hear, you very seldom hear about uh, President Trump in Florida. It's mostly uh, President Trump going to rallies in Nebraska or Ohio <laughs> or Pennsylvania uh, and entertaining politicians from all over the country at Mar-a-Lago. So, uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, people uh, kind of seeing him out and about or, or, uh, you know, running into him at the grocery store uh, that simply does not happen. And I think that governor DeSantis has co-opted him so significantly that um That he has become uh, in Florida the clear top Republican.
0: Yeah. So Mr. Trump doesn't play that much of a role locally, whether it's in the news or in the grocery store there, right? That's correct. (laughs) You have an interesting book. um, uh, The title is very intriguing Presidents in Florida. Um, I'm not going to ask what that book is about because the title gives it away. Is there a long history of U.S. presidents spending time in Florida? Uh,
1: not not as long as you would think. Uh, and in fact, um, early presidents, of course, hated Florida. Uh, remember, we were Spanish up until eighteen twenty-one, uh, and during the uh, the American Revolution, you know, you were probably taught that there were thirteen original colonies.
0: Yeah, uh, of there course. were fourteen. Uh, <laughs> okay. The, the 14th
1: was British Florida. And when the founding fathers got together, I thought Florida
0: was Spanish.
1: Except for a 20 year period during the American Revolution. So in the American Revolution, we went with King George. Uh, we thought oh. he was a small fellow and doing a great job. And so we said, no, we don't want to join you people. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, my personal thinking is we should have stuck with the British. We'd, we'd be a colony like Berm- <laughs> we'd be a colony like Bermuda today. Yeah. You know, everybody in Bermuda is happy, right?
0: We, you know, we could have a, a, another podcast episode or better yet. Yeah, you could have a book called The 14th Colony, The 14th Older yeah. Original Colony. Um, so, uh, you, you know, President Jackson brings Florida um uh, into the U.S., uh, some say he did it even without the permission of. I guess then was President Monroe, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: at what point do U.S. presidents start warming up to Florida? No pun intended, and start going there?
1: Actually, you know, it, it is strange in this uh, uh, current debate. The first president to come to Florida was one of our more forgettable presidents, Chester A. Arthur. You remember Chet? Uh, two, oh, of course.
0: Uh, who, 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 who doesn't remember, Chet? <laughs> uh,
1: he became president after Garfield was shot. Um, and he comes to Florida and uh, in 1883, he's the first president to come to Florida. And the two bizarre things about it.
0: Was, was there train service down to Florida But then?
1: Down to Orlando and then okay. to a little town called Kissimmee. And uh, uh, the strange part is, the president of the United States could not go south of central Florida, which sounds.
0: <laughs> Why is that?
1: There was no telegraph service and he had to be in touch with Washington. Oh, of so, course, You know, you think about like Los Angeles was a city by 1883, San Francisco, Seattle. They had railroads and telegraph lines and and everything else. And Miami had not even been founded yet. Was um, it
0: was it was the southern half of Florida, like one giant uh, undeveloped space. like yep. marsh? And wow.
1: Yeah. From kind of Tampa on down. Um, the second weird thing is uh, uh, Arthur loved to go fishing. And so he had heard about fishing in central Florida and he and his party were supposed to go fishing. And um, on the morning they went fishing. He said, All right, guys, let's go. And they kind of hemmed and hawed. And they said, Well, we don't want to go fishing. And they said, He said, Well, that's why we came to Florida. And they said, Well, you know, the locals here told us about this thing that we can't do up north and we'd like to try it. And he said, Which is what? You, what? What are you talking about? And he said, uh, They said, We want to go out on the lake and shoot alligators. So. And- <laughs> In fact, like if you can imagine this, the president of the United States watched his friends all leave, and he was determined. Arthur was very stubborn anyway, and so he asked a local where the f- best fishing was, and the local said, "Well, there's a little creek right up here, and they have great fishing." And um, and so he uh, went there, and it turned out to be true—great fishing. And he came back was talking about how fantastic. This little creek was, 80 years later exactly, Walt Disney comes to the same creek and builds Disney World there. And that, of course, is Reedy Creek, which is the one that the legislature is killing.
0: What a fascinating story. Yes. Reedy Creek, is there, is there some sort of plaque or a statue of uh, President Arthur?
1: Uh, no, there is nothing for poor <laughs> President Arthur.
0: <laughs> Did, uh, 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 Mr. Disney didn't dry out the creek, has he?
1: No, it's, it's somewhere there. Um, and uh, people forget that, that um, the property that Disney pointed to that day uh, from his airplane window was largely underwater. It was all swampland. And Disney, it took an extra year to build. Because it was so swampy, Uh, you may have heard stories about what's known as underground Disney, that underneath Disney World are all these tunnels and everything.
0: Oh, I had not heard that. Okay. Yes.
1: Those are actually at ground level. Disney World is built on 16 feet of fill dirt. So they had to dig. In fact, the lakes around there, uh, like Buena Vista, were man-made. They had to dig out dirt. To get it up above the swamp level. so That's
0: colossal expense. Yes,
1: it was. And I think if Disney had come here, instead of looking out the airplane window, uh, it wouldn't be here. I think it would be in a little town north of here called Ocala, uh, where uh, Disney uh, had traveled to and looked at land. So it's kind of a fascinating story.
0: That is a fascinating story. Before we go into our last section, the perspective section, is there any more uh, memorable stories from presidential visits or sojourns in, in Florida that you want to share?
1: Yeah, um, the, the best president who spent the most time here was Harry Truman, uh, who was very, very poor. He didn't have any money. Uh, and so, he, you know, today presidents go to, Martha's Vi- Martha's Vineyard or, yeah. you know, or, or Mar-a-Lago. And so uh, a Navy aide said, you know, Key West is really nice. And we have a house there, uh, the Navy does, and a little Navy base. Uh, you could sail there on a Navy ship for free, stay there for free. <laughs> and he fell in love with it. And get this, out of the eight years he was president, he spent an average of one month a year. At Key West, that's so a long wow. Eight months of his presidency were spent in uh, in Key West. So yeah, uh, presidents uh, after Arthur um, picked it up mostly because they liked the sun. John Kennedy, of course, had the family home in Palm Beach. Uh, 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 Herbert Hoover uh, he was, was rich. Great, was rich and a great fisherman. He loved to go fishing, and he and uh, people like Zane Grey, the great Western writer, uh-huh. would go fishing together. So there, um, there's a real history of, uh, of presidents coming to uh, Florida. Although now it's almost exclusively to uh, raise money for politics yeah, yeah, yeah. or to campaign. You don't, you don't see presidents coming down here and spending a week or you know, two weeks vacation kind of
0: thing. Except Mr. Trump, right?
1: Well, it, even when he came as president, he only spent a weekend, long weekend, and then That's we'd, true. would fly back. So
0: Here's an ancillary and perhaps even a silly question. Uh, don't we pay for U.S. presidents' vacations? <laughs> I mean, are they paying for their own vacations or has that changed since Truman's
1: time? No, uh, for example, when... President Obama would go on vacation, he had to pay the rent on the home he used in Martha's Vineyard, so. But then
0: all the security and everything around it. Yeah, the government
1: picks that up, yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Let's take a break here. Stay with me and Professor Clark as we get into the perspective.
2: Did you know you can preview our podcasts? That's right. Just click the Podcast Highlights button on our website, www.thepeel.news and we will email you each episode's highlights and relevant links to news and history for free. Pretty cool, right?
0: Professor Clark, has the status of special districts in the U.S. been challenged in the past. Now we have Governor Dos Santos versus Disney. Has this happened in the past? Uh,
1: not really. Uh, and again, Florida, the, the Disney special district is so powerful. It's like nothing that we've ever seen in this country before. Uh, I think people have been surprised uh, learning that the powers that Disney had. Most, most I'm Americans, surprised. Most Americans Did not know they had all these powers. Yeah. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, there are no potholes in Disney World. Um,
0: (laughs) Good observation. Yeah.
1: Disney taxes itself. um, Get this the county tax rate is four mils. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Disney tax rate is 13 mils. So Disney pays not only county taxes, but it pays itself taxes, so you know. So how is that a
0: tax if it's paying itself? It's just why are we? Why are you calling it a tax if it's its own land? It's just expense, right?
1: In effect, but it goes for the infrastructure. It goes for roads, for the fire department, for police protection, for all those things that a city would normally do. Is that
0: are you are you familiar with the term Melaruse? They use that here in California often. No. No, it's 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 a term that some newer communities in southern California use and it's for paying, I think, for infrastructure. We're not part of it, but I thought this the tax that you were describing is almost similar to that. Um have there been any controversies or scandals when it comes to special districts?
1: Uh no, not really. Uh they're pretty pretty uh tightly run. Remember, it's people voting to tax themselves. Yeah. So so uh you know if if you find out something is amiss, you're gonna complain. It's not like just writing your check to the county government and uh, the you know county commissioner may run off with the cash uh, These are usually small special interest districts where the people share a common goal
0: and and they're tightly controlled based on what we yes. were discussing um if you wanted our audience to remember just one point after everything we've talked about, about uh, Disney's special district and, th- and, and the sort of interactions with uh, Florida, uh, what would it be?
1: I think, I think what is amazing is um, the flip-flop here. Uh, <laughs> flip-flop? Every, every elected official in Florida, at the same moment, flip-flopped. I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, Up until about a month ago, the Republicans were huge defenders of the special privileges of Disney. Last year, the Republicans gave Disney a half a billion dollar tax break. Uh, They had given Disney tax breaks in the past. They had uh, uh, Disney had given significant contributions to the Republicans, much more than to the Democrats. Governor DeSantis received $106,000 from Disney. Meanwhile, the Democrats were critical of Disney. Uh, The local representative, a Democrat, very liberal, Anna Escamonte, uh, was blasting the tax break for Disney. Then, the moment Governor DeSantis said, I think they should lose their tax status, everyone flip-flopped. Every Republican suddenly became an enemy of Disney, and now every Democrat uh, is defending Disney. Uh, <laughs> when was the last time you heard every Democrat in a state line up to give special privileges to, to a corpor- multi-billion dollar company?
0: That doesn't happen often, right? Yeah.
1: yeah um, let's give them tax breaks. Let's give them whatever <laughs> they want. And so it's been a kind of a strange thing. I keep waiting for the equilibrium to come back here. Uh, You know,
0: what you shared with me sort of also speaks to an earlier point that you you brought up, uh, which is sort of the dominance of uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida politics now.
1: Yeah, and this is a a strange thing Um, going back to the Civil War. After the Civil War, when the Union Army left, the southern states said, hey, We don't want anybody like a dictator here. And so when they reset up their state governments, most of them had weak governors. Uh, Governors could only serve one term. Uh, In Florida, they had a cabinet they shared power with. Uh, We have offices in Florida, like tax assessor and uh, uh, tax appraiser and tax collector that don't exist in other states or just functions of the county and so the idea is power will be so diffuse nobody can really have the the whip hand if you will
0: so you uh, you, you don't want like a jefferson davis or you don't want the planters oligarchy running 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 the yeah, state we don't,
1: yeah and so what is amazing is the power that governor DeSantis has accumulated he has, is running the state uh he is getting whatever he wants Uh, In the past, the legislature ran the state, Uh, for example, in redistricting. uh, You know, Florida had been redistricting since 1830, and the governor had never played a role. This time, DeSantis drew up a map, and the legislature approved it. Uh, So it's very unusual to see a governor who is this powerful. We've never had that before.
0: Which really, you know, uh, is a harbinger for his uh, his, his his sort of uh, ambitions for 2024, right?
1: It really is, and I think there's a difference between DeSantis and Senator Cruz and Senator Hawley and and the other folks in Washington. Um, they can have hearings and sit there and talk about things.
0: Versus <laughs> DeSantis can do things.
1: He can called the legislature and says, you know, do this, uh, vote this. And so uh, he's been able to, to move to the front of the pack, I think. Uh, he has collected, this is a governor, and he's already raised over $100 million for his reelection campaign.
0: Wow. So,
1: so it's an amazing story of how one person has just captured the state.
0: Wow, that that is amazing. Do you think his sort of spat with Disney will blow over?
1: Yeah, I I think uh, for the
0: sake of uh, the state's economy, anyway.
1: Well, I, I, he wanted to punish Disney. He didn't want to put him out of business. Yeah, yeah, and and so they've called a special session of the legislature for May twenty third to address property uh, uh, insurance issues. Property insurance in Florida is rising faster than anywhere in the nation. My bet is that Governor DeSantis will add uh, Disney legislation to that, giving Disney probably 80% of what it wants, giving it back special taxing privileges, bond issuing privileges, things like that, Uh, and then Disney will be able to, to do what it wants to do. Governor DeSantis will have a tremendous victory and there'll be no tax increases, which people have been screaming about, yeah. and the world will go on spinning.
0: And Governor DeSantis will become more powerful as a result. He shot yeah,
1: exactly a, right.
0: You know, he had a shot across the bow of Disney and sort of a warning sign to other large entities, corporations that may want to pass
1: yeah, their own
0: you- policies.
1: You know, you've seen um, what happened to Disney, but people forget that more than a hundred companies signed a petition against the Florida legislation. You have not heard one of those chief executives speak up. Yeah. And (laughs) so they have (laughs) suddenly gone very quiet about their opposition to the don't say gay legislation.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. So I think Governor
1: DeSantis proved his point. I don't think any other corporation is going to mess with Ron DeSantis.
0: Probably not. And we'll see what happens with this May 23rd uh, special legislative meeting. Uh, Professor Clark, thank you so much for educating me and our listeners. You're welcome back to the Peel.News anytime. And to our listeners, if you know of any history that could provide more perspective from the past on this subject, perhaps a new colony, (laughs) a 15th colony that we didn't know about, please share it with us. And tell us, what's your perspective? Thank you, Professor Clark.
1: Thank you. One more story you'll like, because you're not old enough. Um, Disney flies into uh, Florida to look at land. And it's so secret that he doesn't even use the Disney plane. He borrows a plane from a radio guy named Arthur Godfrey, whom you may have heard of, who was huge in the 30s. 40s and 50s. Um, And uh, 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 so he lands in Tampa. And the next day drives up to this town, Ocala, and looks at land there. uh, And then goes back to Tampa and spends the night. They had originally planned to drive to Orlando, but he had to get back to Burbank. And instead flies over Orlando. And when he sees the intersection, of the turnpike and the interstate, he says, that's it. Okay? Certainly a historic moment, right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, the, um, that's the location that I want.
1: Yes, and so uh, you're too young, but there are millions of Americans, including me, who know how historic this moment was, that we know exactly what we were doing at that moment. One really, o'clock, one o'clock in the afternoon.
0: That's the moment that he decided to. Yes. He picked, uh,
1: yes, uh, your parents will remember what they. He, what do you
0: mean at one o'clock in the afternoon? There was an announcement that Disney, no,
1: no, that was when he pointed out the window and said uh, the airplane and said, That's it.
0: How did people know about that though? Was that uh, advertised? Was that on the I news? I didn't
1: say they knew about it, I said. It's one of the most historic moments. Oh,
0: I great. see. I see. Well, that's a that, that's great.
1: No, Is it okay? no go ahead. The plane has to go back to Burbank. huh. It banks and heads west. It stops in New Orleans to refuel. Okay. Walt gets off the plane to stretch his legs, and a member of the ground crew comes up and says, Mr. Disney, did you hear it? at one o'clock this afternoon? President Kennedy was shot and killed in Dallas. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's, whoa. Now that makes
0: sense. (laughs) Oh, boy. That is amazing. Isn't that funny? That is a great story. The opinions and statements of our guests are their own. We neither agree nor disagree with them. We're only interested in the perspective they provide through history. At the ThePL.News, we're honored that our guests share their expertise with us, most of which are based on years of scholarship and research. And we provide links to their projects and publications for your benefit to review them if you wish. Otherwise, we're not affiliated with our guests. We just think they teach us pretty cool history the history behind our news. Also, unless we explicitly inform you, we're not affiliated with any institutions, including Amazon, for which book links are shared here from time to time for your convenience. Finally, as a reminder, we don't do news here at the P.news. We peel the news for the history behind it. And our mission is not to provide a complete account and analysis of the past. Rather, is to highlight some issues and incidents in our history that may poke and prod your discerning minds into seeking some perspective to our news. And if you disagree with our take on history, well then, it means we've succeeded in getting you to think about the history behind news. And of course, share your thoughts with me by leaving your comments about this episode right on our homepage at www.thepeel.news just click the email icon in the lower right corner of your screen i love to hear from you i love to learn from you until next time this is adele the host of the thepeel.news